Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 5th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. No, no you are not. not. That's not in the script. No, I'm just making no. fun of what Ashley said yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got the script right today. I made yeah, the you change. Yeah, you did. You did. The date's I see, right. I, yeah. I figure y'all know who you are. You don't need me to put it in there. Like, you should know who you are. You're not Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Excellent reference. Yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, James, we are getting dangerously close to me flying up to New York. I filled in my last spot on my schedule um, the other day. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. I talked with Ashley. I had three shows that I was considering doing. Unsinkable Molly Brown, all the Natalie Portmans, or Medea in air quotes, because it's not really Medea, apparently. Um, Do you want to guess which one I actually went with? Molly Brown. I did go with Molly Brown. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's the only only option there. You have to to do that. I I went with Molly Brown because of the stars involved. Beth Malone, um, obviously Whitney Basher, whom I love, but also I figured... When are you going to see a Kathleen Marshall-directed production of Molly Brown with those people um, in such a small space, even if there is a future life for this, which I don't think there is? In such like, a small space. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if there's going to be a big one here. But I figured all the Natalie Portmans, like that's one. That's what it really came down to. Um, I think this is one of those shows that will probably have a future life elsewhere. It won't be with the same cast, obviously, in the same production. Um, but there's no one in that cast that really excites me. The only one that I really know. So I went with Molly Brown. Um, it's a very musical-heavy trip for me. I usually have more plays than musicals, um, and I don't. I only have two plays. Uh, I'm seeing The Headlands and Anatomy of a Suicide. Those are the only two plays I'm seeing, which is uh, a bit unusual for me. Well, you know, uh, uh, I can't even use variety as the spice of life because there's not much variety there. But you read variety <laughs> online. I do. There's a story from Variety in the uh, in the show today. All right. So let's uh, head towards that direction. All right. We can do that. But before we do that, got to mention Patreon. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. We are getting very close to, before I go to New York, I'm recording with Jennifer McHugh again for the first time in almost two full calendar years. No. We will uh, record a recap of the first two episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist that will only be able to be found on Patreon. So make sure that you get in Patreon before that episode drops at about 10.01 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, February 16th. Almost two years? The I believe, I'll have to check, but the last episode of Something Like a Pop, I believe, was in March of 2018. Wow. I can imagine in between then and now, she's been like all alone pretending he's. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. At Eponine Q. I, at I got Eponine you. Q. All right. Yeah, first up Twitter. in the news. <laughs> first up in the news. Yesterday's Off-Broadway's Little Shop Ahara's announced its new Seymour. Yes, it did, James. And last week, I promised Ashley that there would be some big Little Shop news coming. And man, did we get it yesterday. As on March 17th, the Tony-nominated star of stage and screen, 
Jeremy Jordan Killing will me. succeed will succeed Gideon Glick in the role of Seymour in the off Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors. Now, James, I know you had to shell out some money to go see Jonathan Groff. Killing is me. your is your daughter also a fan of Jeremy Jordan? No, my wife. Wife, ah, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, my one or wife. the other. Yeah, and uh, and it's just it's just not fair. I have to get another job to pay for <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> So that my I, wife can go see it with her sister. I'm not even I'm not even allowed to go see it. I mean, why? Why would you? I mean, really, I will tell you, though, actually, I got I tickets for my Jeremy brother. Jordan, he is amazing. He is amazing. I got tickets for this, not for me, but for my brother and my niece are going to be in New York. So I got them yesterday as soon as they went on sale, because this does coincide with a new block of tickets that are going to be on sale through May 10th. There are still those sixty nine dollar tickets um that i got when i saw it with with groff so you can get cheap tickets for this show it's a small theater sitting in the back is not that bad and the 69 dollar tickets are not even really in the back they're kind of in the middle so um if you want to jump on it quickly if they're still there you can get some uh, affordable tickets at least from new york theatrical standpoint um but james jeremy jordan told us over at broadway world yesterday quote i'm thrilled to be joining this fantastic production little shop of horrors has long been one of my all-time favorite shows and i can't wait to get started obviously he's worked with alan menken before who wrote the um, music for newsies and in his concerts that he's been doing with betsy wolf over the last few years um Jeremy and Betsy have been singing Suddenly Seymour, so there are lots of videos of that online if you want to check them out, including one from 54 Below, from Betsy's show at 54 Below. Um, so you can hear Jeremy Jordan sing Suddenly Seymour. Now, James, there is still no word on any other cast changes, so until we hear otherwise, I suppose Tammy Blanchard, Emmy Award winner Tammy Blanchard, uh, will still be playing Audrey, and two-time, two-time Tony Award winner Christian Bora will still be playing Oren and others. But... It is now time, James, for us to get to the real heart of this story, the groundbreaking investigative journalism that we are known to do. Yes. As he did with the casting of Jonathan Groff, our friend Robbie Rizal took to social media to scoff, to scoff, I say, at the casting of the at the casting of the objectively attractive Jordan as the supposedly not attractive Seymour. We asked Robbie to come on today's episode and share his feelings about this casting controversy, but he was unavailable to comment. He was too so broken up. He, he was too broken, too broken up. up. But I turn to you now, James. Where do you stand on Studley Seymour's? Mm, mm, I love me some Seymour's. <laughs> I, I I get where where Robbie is coming from, and it's funny. Um, but you know, good looking people can be, you know, frumpy and not uh, very confident as well. I, I, I'm OK with it and it sells tickets and it keeps a really good production going. So whatevs. Yeah, I, I, th I think a, a number of our broader video listeners uh, uh, have reached out to me in, in many, many different ways to uh, express condolences about my uh, quickly diminishing bank account uh, and also to uh, uh, bring up this uh, similar point that Robbie has brought up that our Seymours are, are unusually attractive. So, I mean, God, God, do what you got to do. Yeah. Boy's got to work. Mama needs some new shoes. Yeah. And he's got a new baby too. So that's true. Got to stay employed. That's true. Next up in the news, we've got reviews for the new groups, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Yes, we do, James. This new 
I guess it's a musical, although a lot of people thought it might be more of a play with music um, based on an iconic film of the same name. The show has a book by Jonathan Mark Sherman, music and lyrics by Duncan Sheik and lyrics by Amanda Green. The show is currently playing through March 22nd. And the cast is a, a really nice cast. Jennifer Damiano, Joel Perez, Suzanne Vega and others. Um I had this one on my potential list of shows to see James, but as words started getting out about the show, it quickly came off my list. Um, ben Brantley from the New York Times uh, did not make the show a critic's pick. He said, quote, um, but Damiano, Perez, Noguero and Zegan are at their most relaxed and likable when they're guiding reluctant theater growers through the fourth wall. Mazursky's movie, which this is based on, ended with a lovely, all-embracing coda in which the leading characters drifted, hopefully and curiously, through a crowd of strangers. It was a testimony to the question marks of potential, the fear, the hunger, the resentment, the kindness within every person, and I couldn't imagine being captured on stage. But if this musical seldom succeeds in creating incisive, individual character portraits, it's pretty good at summoning the endless, poignant possibilities that lurk within a crowd. Now, this show is basically uh, about partner swapping uh, during the 60s and the sexual revolution um, and exploring different potential uh, partners in bed. If you've seen the the key art, all four of the main characters are in bed together. So that kind of makes uh, you understand the possibilities that are lurking in the crowd. But Alexis Salaski, writing for The Guardian, said, quote, in making the show a period piece and in failing to fully enflesh its characters who change their clothes more often than their affect, the show undercuts what it means to explore. Many of us still don't know how to negotiate love and sex and marriage or how to balance the needs of ourselves with the needs of others, which is to say that these themes deserve more than some far out lucite heels and a few bedroom jokes. To echo a popular meme, sex is great, but have you ever seen a beautifully constructed book musical? For a show about human potential, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice hasn't reached its own. So this was one, I mean, look, it's kind of, I feel about Duncan Sheik like I feel about Tom Kitt. Um, people keep hoping that he'll hit the highs of the thing that really broke him into musical theater. Obviously, Duncan Sheik had a pop music career long before he was in, in musical theater, but nothing's ever risen to the level of that original show um, in Duncan Sheik's case, Spring Awakening and Tom Kitt's Next to Normal. Um, and they all just kind of sound the same to me. I haven't heard any of the music from this, but it just seems like people are chasing a ghost if hoping that Duncan Sheik is going to have a next great show. <sighs> I keep, um, you know, I'm Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. I I keep thinking that it's going to happen. You don't think so? No. I mean, I didn't. I don't really like Spring Awakening, but um, that's just me. Okay. All right. So, what do we have in the recommendations? Okay, I've got two things. The first one is really a piece of news, but my recommendation is to go out and buy the new Broadway Records cast recording of Rags Parkland Sings the Songs of the Future immediately when it comes out, both digitally and in stores on Friday, March 22nd or 27th of 2020. Y'all have heard me talk about how much I loved this show uh, last year. It was my favorite thing I saw, or it might have been 2018, actually. Yeah, it was my favorite show of 2018, and they are finally releasing a cast album. It is wonderful. Um, I will just say that while there hasn't been no cast album, um, I am very much looking forward to listening to this 
that has tracks and is a little clearer than what I have been listening to for the past year. Anyway, anyway, um, also the real recommendation in the traditional sense that we often do these things are that we have the first footage from the paper mill playhouse's world premiere production of unmasked the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. The show is currently running and is scheduled to play through March 1st. It has a fantastic company, including Alex Finke, um, uh, uh, our good friend, uh, Andrew Kober, Mamie Paris, Remo Webb, um, another of a number of other folks. It's got three good minutes of highlights here with a bunch of Andrew Lloyd Webber songs that you all know and love. But I was also really kind of pleased that they include a section. I think it's Alex Finke singing it. I think she's singing um, part of ALW's Requiem, um, which uh, you don't probably have never heard in a musical theater setting. So um, very cool video there if you are an ALW fan to check that out. And this is just such an unbelievable bald-faced um, licensing play that I'm sure that this thing will get a lot of traction regionally and in community theaters and schools um, from people wanting to draw in Andrew Lloyd Webber fans without doing actual one of the shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I haven't seen this uh, this footage yet, but is it is it concert oriented? Is... Yeah, it's a review. It's a review. I mean, so it's very much Smokey Joe's Cafe. Um, it's not like Sondheim on Sondheim or Marry Me a Little, where there's like a story woven through, at least not from the footage. Um, it looks like it is just very much musical review. The different performers sing the songs and do some sort of acting. It's probably more um, Prince of Broadway than Sondheim on Sondheim. All right. So what do we have in the show and casting news? All right, James, let's start out first with the announcement of the performers for the 20th annual MCC Miscast Gala. This year's the performers will include Raul Esparza, Jesse Tiger, Tyler Ferguson, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Joshua Henry, Lashans, Katrina Link, Ben Platt, Isaac Powell, Ephraim Sykes, Aaron Tevate, and Adrian Warren. I would not be surprised if some more people were added in there, but the event will take place at the Hammerstein Ballroom on April 6th. Tickets are available now. James, I went, I guess, two years ago. It was such an incredible event. Katrina Link was actually one of the performers that year. Um, as she is this year, I, if you can make it to this event, always one of the best things to see. And if you can't MCC does a remarkably good job of sending out videos over the, the, the next week or two afterward. So you can see them, but there's nothing like being in the Hammerstein ballroom to see it. Next up on Wednesday, we learned that Sean Hayes will star in the world premiere of Doug Wright's new play, Good Night Oscar. The show will run at Chicago's Goodman Theater in its 2020 and 2021 season. The exact dates will be announced with their full season uh, scheduled next month. The show will be directed by Lee Silverman, and Hayes will play real-life character actor, pianist, and wildcard Oscar Levent. Next up, Theater for a New Audience will present the New York premiere of Will Eno's new play, Knit? Gnit? I'm not sure. Knit. I think knit is the, the, the right pronunciation here. It's spelled G-N-I-T, but it's a new play inspired by Henrik Ibsen's peer Gint, which is where the that name comes from. So I wasn't sure if we're pronouncing the hard G or not, as you do in Gint. Anyway, it'll be directed by the always very uh, busy and talented Oliver Butler, who is one of Will Eno's regular collaborators. The show will run from March 7th through March 29th down in Brooklyn. 
And finally, yesterday, it was announced that Chad Burris, who is currently making his Broadway debut as Olaf and Frozen, will replace Gray Henson as Damien in the Broadway production of Mean Girls beginning on March 10th. That's one new Mean Girls casting down. Two more to go, James. I think that this is probably the least well-known of the people that we're going to hear of um, replacing the, the three principals that have announced their departures. We'll see if any of them fall into my uh, to my theory that we will have at least one fairly big Disney Channel name or or social media or pop name taking over one of those roles here in the next, uh, I guess, next at least in the next month, because uh, uh, Erica Henningsen departs as Katie in a few weeks, if not next week. And then Kate Rockwell departs on March 8th. So we'll have to see what happens from there. Well, they had to start with Chad Burris because it takes him longer to warm up. Um, All right. What do we, uh, I guess we're uh, at the end of the script. So why don't you get yeah. us out of here? Oh, man. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. You see, Chad Burris is making his debut as Olaf in Frozen. That's why it takes right. longer. It's right. Nice. And, and his last name is Chad Burris. Exactly. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. And Matt and I will be back to wrap up the weekend tomorrow. 